the rapper Henry Oak is supposed to be the next big thing from San Dimas. As recent events in Faerun unfolded to protest the disunity and general meanness present in Rocaforte and Neverwinter, people were chanting his hit songs like Rocks Rock and Racism Doesn't Rock. Inside diamonds, rubies, if you like jewelry, we've got gems that'll get you drooling. Dino fossils, so colossal, paralyze your hypoglossals. You can't see them in this museum. Once you hear the rules, don't make me repeat them. Henry Oak wasn't around to see his music take off like this. He disappeared on the way to a soccer game last year. He was just 34 years old. But his record label has now completed and released his second album, Rocks Rock. Kitten Caboodle wrote about the album for De Pizzatonio Music Reviews, and she joins us now. Welcome. Hi there. Thanks for having me. Hey, well, thanks for being with us. So remind us, who is Henry Oak, and where was he in his career when he disappeared last year? Sure. Henry Oak is a geologist from San Dimas, California. He's probably the most visible proponent of being cool to each other within his department. Around his museum, he's known to drop what he calls kindness bombs that were little rhymes meant to convey a message about not being mean. Henry's voice especially stood out. It was so high-pitched, so peppy, so unique, kind of grating in its own way. And it had a level of enthusiasm that I think just made women utterly indifferent to him. <laughs> Yeah. And on Racism Doesn't Rock, like you really hear the kind of essence of both Henry Oak and that kindness bomb. Time to come clean. Uh, racism doesn't rock. But sometimes you just gotta take stock of the ways that you were and the ways that you are. What words do you sing when you're alone in your car? Yeah, I wanted to talk about that because I love this line you wrote. Henry's cloying kindness was his instrument. Talk about that. Like what do you hear specifically in his voice? Yeah, his voice was one of the most special things about him. You get this kind of camp counselor, saccharine sound colliding with like bad jokes for a result that's just kitschy and catchy at the same time. I think that was one of his most distinct but also strongest characteristics. People really latched onto it. Once you hear the rules, don't make me repeat them. One, no phones in the exhibit. Leave it in a cubby and don't forget it. Two. So, if you could describe it in words, like, what do you think this album is about? What's going on here? The album has a lot of the same themes that you heard in early Henry Oak kindness bombs. You know, lots of excitement for rocks and anger about injustice. Lots of, like, showing off in terms of humility and how nice he is. You know... He was seeing a little success in his life through his marriage to Mercedes, so some of the songs that have her influence incorporate more melodic classic guitar riffs. The education is scaled back, but the wordplay is still present. And so, on songs like Coming Tonight, there's this juxtaposition where he's kind of singing about this great sexual moment with his wife, but he's still dropping geology puns. But it's contrasted with this blown-out, overly distorted chorus. He brings a really different take to the rap genre than the straight hip-hop style of other artists. Though in every song, there's still... Yeah. Just more puns, basically. This one goes out to M.O.G. Mercedes O'Garcia. Mi esposa. Mi corazón. Mi leona. In 1824, in Cummington Town, word on the street was getting around about a new mineral dug up from the ground. When you hear the name, you're gonna love the sound. They call the
yeah, I guess I can hear how this sounds different from the stuff that we just played. But even though it's more melodic, he's still talking about rocks. Yeah, I think the lyrics kind of stay the same, or the subject matter of the lyrics at least. But you get this kind of educational background. And there's a whole handful of geology songs on the album where he's just flexing those muscles. And at the beginning of one of them, he literally says, My name is Henry Oak, and I'll be your guide today through the wonderful world of G to the E to the ology. <laughs> he does. Mm -hmm. And that's like when we get the fullest glimpse of what kinds of things may have been on his mind before he disappeared. It just kind of makes it worse that we'll never get to see him, see that vision through. Yeah, there's this sort of parallel with Steppa J. Grog's waste management. Like, Steppa was another rapper taken from his young family. And I'm just curious, how does it affect the way you hear this record? I mean, it's just tragic, and it's hard to separate it from the music. I think, you know, it's just kind of this reminder that the more things change, the more they stay the same. You know, for family men especially, this is the reality of their lives. And, you know, you just kind of have to listen to it and still enjoy it and celebrate it for what it is, because this is their life's work, even though they're no longer with us. Yeah. That is music critic Kitten Caboodle. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. And you can read her review of Henry Oak's second and final album, Rocks Rock, at frankeneggs.com. From the pebbles on the beach to the cobbles in the streets, every stone that you can see will teach you rocks rock. And if you want to learn the history of Earth from the present to our birth, you gotta study rocks. And if you're a great geologist, you'll learn where hidden knowledge is and get into good colleges because of rocks. And if you want to save the planet, then you gotta understand it. Know your geos from your granite now. just stared into the heart of the burrito in front of you. Forgot where you were for a moment. Yeah. Welcome to Talking Sons, the sloppiest podcast about Dungeons and Daddies made by fans of the show. Dungeons and Daddies is a podcast about four dads who are teleported to the fantasy realm to reclaim their sons. This isn't that podcast. You should go listen to it because we don't care about spoilers and we'll spoil everything. Talking Sons, episode 20, Oak and Dagger. Theme music goes here. Ba-dang, 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 ba-dang. Hi, my name is Jamie, and my dad fact is that in the months since we've had the newborn, the cats have decided that my wife is busy, and the kids are still very grabby hands with the cats, <laughs> so I am their favorite person now. How many cats is this? We have... Uh, well, now I have three cats. I used to have one cat and my wife had one cat and there was a cat that just like hung out at our house. But now I have three cats. It's weird that you designate who has the cats. Like you all live in the same house. Yeah. Cats pick favorites. They oh. absolutely do. Um, mm. And the thing is that the experience of having a cat versus having a cat that has you as its favorite is very different. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, <laughs> I have. Yeah, like everyone who thinks that cats are just super cold and unfriendly and mean haven't been a cat's favorite yet. Damn. No, Jamie's all up in that pussy loving. Hey, oh. <laughs> but I mean, to everybody else, that cat is cold and unloving. He also has the most kids, so like do the math on. Yeah. Uh, okay. Hey, everyone. It's me. I'm Nikki. Uh, and my Tad fact for this week is that I am currently eating a burrito. So if. You wonder, like, oh, Nikki hasn't been in the podcast for the last five minutes. It's because I am eating my burrito. We're phasing her out like we're phasing Glenn out. 
So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One burrito at a time. <laughs> it's really sad to see me go, but I'm just the designated burrito boy now. So I guess I'll just be over here munching and crunching. Well, not going to miss you. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, my God. I haven't been flamed this hard on this podcast since Anthony was on. Damn. Oof. Uh, I'm unfortunately similar to Anthony, and that's why I think I live in his head rent free. <laughs> We're both Capricorns. You're not wrong. Are, are you going to be Nikki's stepmom down too? No, uh. I don't want any more step parents. <laughs> Just a menagerie. Um, I guess I'll go next because I know Luke loves going last for some reason. Yeah, because he forgets to go earlier. I'm I'm convinced at this point. Yeah. Uh, so I'm Ignity, <laughs> clearly not Kelly. Um, and my dad fact is that my computer thinks I'm a wolf lover now because of reasons uh. that will be revealed further into this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going uh. in furry directions and I remembered what was happening later. Not furry things. There's so much burrito in my mouth, but I have to make a joke. <laughs> <laughs> is it the breeder this in your is the mouth? worst case scenario oh my god <laughs> so um we've we've got a wolf fucker in dungeons and daddies and a wolf fucker on talking sons this is so exciting yeah we're all about that uh parallel shit <laughs> whatever can't wait for the google ads oh god <laughs> Does bad dragon sell wolf dildos oh absolutely don't answer that someone else go <laughs> i answered it yes answer is yes no. shit no my I name's luke <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Luke. This episode Thanks, Luke. was brought to you by Bad Dragon. <laughs> My dad fact is that it took me roughly two to three weeks to figure it out, but I am all alone in my apartment building now. What? what? <laughs> You're the last person. <laughs> I am the last person here. In the building? Yeah. How big is your building? I mean, it's only like four or five apartments total. Okay. But Jesus. like down the hall was like a woman and her like children were living there. And then I, I saw them move out. Like I hadn't realized that like everybody else was gone until she was gone. And then everything has been pretty much like entirely quiet, except for like maintenance guys coming around every now and again. But yeah, no, I'm it. <laughs> I'm the only one that's here right now. <laughs> hey, I'm so sorry to keep bringing this up, but I am on Bad Dragon and scrolling through the dildos. And the problem is that I do not know what a wolf dick looks like. So I cannot tell if there is, in fact, a werewolf penis amongst <laughs> look, these. Look for the red rocket. I don't know if that's what it's called. But... I mean, there's like red ones, but they're like upsetting. Well, yeah, they're like demon dicks or something. Yeah, exactly. So I... I'm, I'm told it looks like a headless dong that swallowed a lemon. Yeah, that's actually fairly accurate. I'm going to look up werewolf dildo and we're going to see what happens. <laughs> Etsy! Nikki. <laughs> Etsy. <laughs> Etsy. That's... On uh, uh, Bad Dragon, I believe it's the Diego. Ooh. I don't like that you could just name drop which one. I'm looking at them right now. Jesus. And you know, I can't. There's an uncomfortable <laughs> number of people on this podcast that are simultaneously on this website that I didn't know existed. You didn't know Bad Dragon existed? We gotta, no. we gotta th talk about this. We, we don't. I'm gonna get dragged through the fucking mud for this episode. Why? Because <laughs> what do you think? I just spent five minutes of my life looking up werewolf dildo. And you think <laughs> I'm gonna planning on cutting most of that? Thank you very much. Oh, come on. It's not fun if you cut it. <laughs> Ow. So we all just listened to episode 38, Clone Tree Hill. In this episode, the dads rolled up to Oakvale and hung out. Yeah. Yay them. So let me just say something about the title, Clone Tree Hill. I understand it. I understand One Tree Hill. 
but we don't pronounce clone like clun. And so I think the bit is a little bit lost just a tad. Maybe they intended it to be Cluntry Hill and we yeah. just missed it. I don't know what a clun is, but I'm not happy about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't want to find out. Maybe it's on that website you're <laughs> all very familiar with for some reason. Uh, let me look that up. No. <laughs> <laughs> we'll drop links on the uh, Twitter later. <laughs> we are not. There's no way in hell. <laughs> Frankenegs.com. Oh, dear. Uh, so the first big <laughs> thing that happened in this episode is that the dads returned to Walter. Yeah, they rolled a nat one on their encounter. And then Anthony was like, oh, nothing happens. And you know what? I don't believe that nothing happened. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. Anthony. So something happened. So they hung out with the kids for a little bit, which is very exciting. They leveled up. They leveled up. Yeah, too. they're like they're eight levels old now. Like, oh, my God. And Eddie, you're passionate about D&D. Can you kind of walk us through <laughs> what them leveling up means? <laughs> well, I can. We I only mean... have you on here once every seven fortnights. Yes. Can we get your opinion on numbers? Can you talk for like five minutes so I can take Eat your burrito <laughs> and put it in my mouth? Yes. Thank you. I can. I will now in real time eat a burrito. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy yourself. Um, so as we heard, they leveled up. Even the most crunchy D&D podcasts that I listen to don't level up on air. So <laughs> that was surprising. I guess it gave us some insight into... The, I mean, level eight's mostly just the, the ability score increases and or a feat. Yeah, that's what it sounded like. Yeah. The, yeah. the dad's clearly in defeat. Yeah, I mean, you can tell that um, at least Matt doesn't pay for D&D Beyond because Grappler is the one free feat that they let you have. And that's the <laughs> one that he chose. That is ass. Hell yeah, dude. And then everybody else took a ability score increase except yeah. for Freddy, who took a Unearth Arcana feat, which is playtest material and which it says at the top of the page. And I only looked this up because he asked me to, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is a new experience for me. I've never listened to a podcast and then had a player on the podcast be like, help, I don't know what I did. <laughs> But yeah, uh, it's uh, unearthed icon. He was supposed to take a prereq. He had he's supposed to be either a psionic race or take another feat that allows him to use the psionic die. But eh, um, but what's the fun in that? Yeah, you just walk into that blindly and then use your die and just guess what that is, and it'll be fine because it's Dungeons and Daddies. Yeah, that's how that Hell works. Oh yeah, it rules mean nothing. A loose RPG game, I think, is how they introduced <laughs> it this time. So they're getting no. even further away from D&D. There might be dice involved. You never know. We That's true. We don't even hear them. So yeah. There's dice involved in like Monopoly too. <laughs> <laughs> they're just playing on a Monopoly board. <laughs> There's chewing dice involved in Monopoly. It's a wild game over there. <laughs> so we also got uh, Daryl and Grant having a good time. Maximum dad embarrassment levels, which was very good. And Daryl just b dying from... <laughs> falling so hard into the water <laughs> no no he rolled really well no wait who yeah. then who who f didn't like henry die or someone i remember saying that's a series wrap on matt arnold and i can't remember why he rolled he got a nat one on the encounter table in yeah. the beginning but he rolled fine Never. to belly flop like it did right. nothing to him the yeah, water right. hurt on that one. And then he like suplexed Grant into the water with him, basically, which was very fun. Yes. Salmon something. It's like, we get it. You fixed your relationship. Awesome. <laughs> we get Stop it. Stop showing off. God. Uh, Lark and Sparrow and Henry were 
the uh, twins got tattoos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Yep. I literally did. You feel called out, Nikki? Was that? I felt very called out by sticker <laughs> pokes happening in the main yeah. podcast. And I, again, I do not respect my body in any sense of the word. So I will get if someone gets the lark tattoo, I'll absolutely get the sparrow tattoo. Oh, you and Cat <laughs> have to be planning this, aren't you? Well, Cat has, and I has did not be. plan this. Cat, if you're listening. <laughs> I could also just DM you. Cat will absolutely. Yeah. Cat, oh my god! Will you get? I know you just finished your big tattoo and it's gorgeous, but will you get a shitty stick and poke with me? <laughs> 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 or Beth? I'll take Beth too. I feel like Beth and I have the same wavelength oh. of like don't really respect our bodies. <laughs> yeah, that sounds sounds about right. That was last intro, right? She will get anything tattooed on her body. Yeah. Well, now Beth, is the time. Beth pressured me into dyeing a streak in my hair. And if I did it, she wouldn't bully me. So we have a really good working relationship with the dads is basically what that means. <laughs> we? No, no, you. You do. I have a really good working relationship with the dads. They ask me for advice. They don't ask me to. Okay. Okay. Uh, you two have a good working relationship. Me and Jamie just. Exist. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of there. Well, Jamie's the one who told Beth to light her pants on fire. And now apparently that's happening. What? <laughs> the hot legs attack. Ah, okay, okay, right. I thought you meant literally lighting her legs on fire and was very concerned. In in a Ron sense. Yes, yeah, I got that now. I I remember that exchange. Shenanigans and Ron sense. (laughs) Speaking of Ron, um, wanting to fight children. Yeah, that's just Ron, though. Yeah, he did. He doesn't know how to act appropriately. Yeah, he just just kind of does whatever he wants around TJ, and TJ is like, yep. Yeah, yeah. This, this is my is stepdad, wrong. I guess. Yep. <laughs> Poor TJ. The uh, I saw you end a fight with what I thought was my dad. Longin was that kind of hurt, but oh, in yeah. the best yeah. way. Metal as hell. Metal as hell. <laughs> uh, and then we got Nick, who I think Freddie forgets that he has a son in the game. Mm. Yeah, he absolutely they does. Got a quick whip pan over to Nick, who was doing air guitar, who is having the coolest month of his life. Yeah, yeah uh, and he's like- obviously fine. So. I wonder how many tattoos he has. Well, Nick, Nick is a my precious boy. <laughs> mm-hmm. TM, 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 TM. Um, and I think Freddie said he doesn't think Nick has tattoos, but that doesn't mean Nick doesn't have tattoos. Yeah, it's he's... not like he had enough contact with him to tell. Oof. I mean, how many failed persuasion checks there? What I was going to say, I didn't actually mean to say Nick is my special boy. I did mean to say something about Mm. Glenn, but the Nick thing just kind of happened. So I'm owning it. Glenn, you're a special boy as well. Glenn is also my special boy. TM, TM, TM. Um, (laughs) I was going to say that Glenn was like, I have the coolest kid, everyone. And I'm like, hell fucking yeah, you do. Mm, Like, sorry to the other dad, like rip to the other dads. But me and my son are different. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Which I'm excited to see where that goes. But I think they're. That might be next up, and we, there's a lot going on in Oakvale. Yeah, yeah, is. yeah. Oh boy, I do want to point out that like they did have to point out to Freddie. It's like, hey, Glenn, are you gonna say something to your kid? It's like <laughs> I throw him the horns, or what? What did he do? No, that was it. That was yeah, it. that was yeah. it. Like I was just thinking, oh. there had to be more, but no, there wasn't. No, thank you, Freddie. It was that was the. It's a Glenn thing to do. It's just hey, he's my kid. Horns, let's go. We're cool. I'm out. Outie. See you next Christmas, kid. <laughs> can't tell if that could be just uh glenn's a terrible father or it could be freddie not wanting to make anthony go through the needing to be another child thing so yeah that's Mm. the problem with the podcast format is we've said this a bunch of times before like it's really hard to carve out time for like each person to have a heartfelt conversation with their son 
and like still have it be interesting and like propel the story forward. And I think Freddie yeah. must know that at least to an extent where he's just like, I'm not going to waste your time talking to my kid because what am I going to say? So I throw the horns at him. Nick does the air guitar and throws the horn back. Cool ass kid. They move on with their lives. Conservation of detail. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they leave. Well, Walter and Payton had an interaction too that might have stuck out to me because of the fact like Daryl was like, hey, I got this bowl and this child is my father. And then poor Walter's like, uh, could you not break my son's mind? <laughs> Which is kind of like, that's going to be a problem because, you know, at this point, yeah. Anthony expected them to ha- like have killed Peyton like that was his plan and like oh I don't know how they would return to Walter and be like oh no the kid's dead he was my dad so it's fine if if Anthony I don't I don't I don't I think if, if Anthony expected his players to do that to Peyton specifically then he definitely under or overestimated what his players were capable of because the literally the moment that they found Peyton they were like this is my favorite character now he's gonna stay alive forever yeah. Well, yeah, and that's why so, he became Frank, too, is because everyone was like, this right. is the best child ever. And Anthony's like, and, I'm just going to yeah. yoink that from them really quick. Yeah, I'm going to add conflict there. Do you want to know my theory for um, the one on the encounter table? Yes. Is that someone stole the Glen Bowl and they haven't noticed yet? Oh, shit. The Frank, uh, like the, I was thinking somebody just drank the Frank juice out from under them. but That's they, also like, a possibility. Just, but like none of them mentioned that the whole bowl was gone. Well, it's hard to keep track of items in D&D, to be fair, because you just have unlimited yeah. pockets, apparently. But usually you have a bag of holding. But and well, they broke theirs yeah. way back when. <laughs> they killed a vampire with it. Yeah. And then it was just in the van and now the van's gone. So these guys are just carrying like a bunch. So of- like they didn't mention it. And Anthony yeah. wasn't like the Glen Bowl is here. So, mm-hmm. hey, that would definitely get him that like he wanted them to do Daryl's thing last. Right. And now they're going to have to. That Glen Bowl's gone. <laughs> I know, right? And then they get to Oakvale. So they leave. I'll, they leave. They get to Oakvale. Clone trees. They meet some wolves in the woods. Yeah, there are some wolves. Bitches love wolves, apparently. Bitches and bitches is Anthony. (laughs) What's that? He's the handsome, beautiful wolves. Sexy, delicious. (laughs) I don't remember what he said. Mm. Oh, he. I think that he was particularly wolf thirsty, which I pinned. Are you still on the Bad Dragon website? You're just like reading descriptions. No, 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 no. Reverend Anthony, seven twenty one. So I just come off as wolf thirsty, and that's the thing he said. And we're not letting him get away with it. I mean, we can. Send him a wolf dick. That is a thing we can do now. Oh, no. (laughs) Just putting it out there. (sighs) No. (laughs) We're not actually. Those things are expensive. No. Plus, like, (laughs) Beth May is the one who checks the P.O. box. Join our Patreon so we can afford to send the death. <laughs> but but like no, the no 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 no. Let's say on the record we would never do that because we're not creepy. Yeah, seriously. Also, we wouldn't do that to Beth because it would have to pass through her hands. All right. So after they got through the woods, they found Oakvale, and it's creepy. Yes. Yeah. Boring yeah. vegetarians. They were a lot, which is such a funny description of like <laughs> Henry by extension. Yeah. Um, hilarious. Uh, our. Typical woman, uh, Aaron O'Neill, chiming in to say, ew, gross, and don't commit treason. (laughs) Very good. Love to see her every time. Hope her and Vince are doing well, as well as the real Aaron and Vince. Hope you guys are doing well. (laughs) We haven't haven't talked in a while. I hope you two are doing great. And she wasn't too too keen on those clone trees. No, which intrigued me, because I guess that means 
meant they were like fake trees? Intrigued. Well, they're not fake. They're all real trees, but they're clones of a singular tree. They're just clones of each other. I was kind of surprised at the leaf work, to be honest. If I was Anthony and I didn't want to explain what was happening, (laughs) which I suppose he has to do. Yeah. I would have just been like, the leaf doesn't work. You squint at it and you realize it's plastic. Imagine the drama. (laughs) (laughs) They just become lost in the woods for a solid three more episodes because Aaron doesn't tell them what to do. (laughs) Just keep rolling on the encounter table and they keep rolling ones. There's so many wolves. One of the mornings they just wake up butt naked. (laughs) (laughs) Just like Henry. Things slowly disappear from their inventory with no explanation. Do you think they really remember what's in their inventory except Glenn's human gun? (laughs) Like, let's be honest. I'm not saying that they know what's in their inventory. I'm saying that they look in the slot for their inventory on their character sheets and it's just empty. So they knew something was there <laughs> and now it's not. Yeah, and then he sneaks into their house and erases their character sheets. Be- yeah. D&D because beyond. I guess in the brain they're doing physically. Yeah, I, don't know. I don't know where that he was going. He logs in their D&D Beyond accounts. Yeah. Henry. So many Henrys. Henry. Hen Oak, which fuck I, as soon as one of the fucking hen birds named Dominoes or whatever. Sabaro. Sabaro, yeah, yeah. yeah. As soon as one of them was like, oh, Barry Oak, I'm like, fuck you fuck. You couldn't come up with anything else. <laughs> well, that's it. Um oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to that's been something that they planned for a while. Is that everybody there is a blank re oak? Hmm. Do we know that? Am I Am I talking out of class? You might be. I don't know. <laughs> I think you are, because well, I, mean, I don't think any other names have been stated yet. Uh, but it makes sense, because, I mean, they're breaking it into three syllables, you know, Sir Hen, Sir Bear, Re Oak. Yeah. Bear's not even a type of bird. Step it up, God. <laughs> oh, you're thinking they're all bird, Re Oak. No, they're all that bird. That would be funny. No, that would be they funny if they, were actually, if, they were, if they were actually all like bird, E Oak. Hilarious. One of them could just be named Birdie Oak. That's hilarious. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's, that's a valid name. <laughs> no, I was doing a joke. <laughs> Why did I say that so weird? A joke. I was doing a joke. I was doing a jape. A joke. I'm pretty funny. I'm, I'm the funny one of this podcast. I'm mm-hmm, the fucking backbone mm-hmm. of this podcast. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Mm-hmm. So birds are named after Dominoes or whatever. Pizza, <laughs> pizza joints. Yeah, that. And, and pizza chains. Spoke English. You know what other animal in this podcast spoke English? That horse. Oh, I shit. It spoke with like a French accent, didn't it? I mean, he it was speaking English a, with a French it was accent. Speaking <laughs> horse, Jamie. <laughs> so there's also that door that's the same one <laughs> as the door in Henry's mind. From episode freaking one. Was that really an episode thrown one? Thrown back. Yes. Yeah, episode that, one, that's... he was like accessing his powers and. He tried rolling, I believe, to like figure out where his powers were coming from. He could hear like this subtle voice in his head telling him like what to do kind of thing. And he tried rolling to see what it was. And it was like a door that was just shut. And it was like a green light or something like that. And it never went any further because he rolled too poorly. Oh, well, so Oakvale sounds a lot like the commune that Henry grew up on, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it sounds exactly like it and it looks exactly like it. I bet it smells exactly like it quacks like a duck. If it quacks Quack. like a duck and smells like a commune, uh, sm- and bar- <laughs> my brain here's the yeah. sentence my brain was gonna say unfiltered. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If it quacks like a duck and barks like a duck, shoot it in the face. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Glenn Close. <laughs> Speaking of smelly birds, uh, Ron just put up a bunch of dirt and walked through the commune. And nobody noticed. Does that mean that Ron looks like Henry? 
Well, Ron was well, Beth was like, I want to disguise myself like Henry. So what yeah. so she just spent like two minutes describing like pulling up like the stinkiest, dirtiest, wormiest dirt and just like getting super nasty. And then everyone was like, Yeah, you're an oak. Yeah. She really went in on the description too. Like it was Yeah. <laughs> that was not necessary. <laughs> no. No, but I would I mean, not like to hear someone say that about my character. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it takes two minutes to completely describe. Well, I mean, this is describing the same character that got that net 20. What was it like a four minute fart description? Mm. Yeah, it was exceptionally yeah, like long. A, a fart symphony. Yeah, yeah. Literally. Three acts, yeah. Yeah. All right, and then Ron was hiding Uh, behind Henry as though he was a... I don't know where I was going with that. Like a shadow. I don't know what kind of reference it is. Yeah, a shadow, like a perfectly placed boy. Mm, Perfectly placed behind boy. And then... It's Barry, a Barry Oak. And surprise! He's here, and surprise! Welcome home. Yay! Just the utter dread of that realization at the end, honestly. Barry is disgusting. I hate him. I hate him so yes. much. He's disgusting. Like, Willie, I understand. Yeah. I don't understand Willie. I'm saying I'm, I understand, like, why everyone hates him so much. He's a very hateable, gross, manipulative guy. But Barry yeah. just, like, skeeves me the fuck out. Because, like, I you mean, know, he's dirty. Yeah. That doesn't he's... help. He's got the the calm cult leader vibes that he's Ugh, trying to like win yeah. you over with his voice, but everything he says is just the most fucked up shit. And it's Anthony's so, voice, so he's not wooing yeah. anyone with that anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked. So yeah, we got we got that to contend with for the next episode or two, or however many this long this arc is. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, seven, how many names yeah. do you think they're going to be able to come up with? Of like blank e oaks. How um, many can there be? Uh, Barry, Gat, Henry, Barry, Harry, Harry, Harry Mary, Oak, Mary, Larry. Oh my God! If they're Scary. all Sally? no, Scary. no, it would be great if they did the Carrie. I, I I did this. I, I ran this exercise when I was naming all of my Tyranitars in Pokemon Go. I just Jesus. kind of <laughs> named them all Harry, Larry, Barry, and I ran out at eleven. Okay, a commune of eleven. How do we feel about Scary Oak, though? Scary Oak? Yeah, I love that. Scary? Scary? Scary Oak. What about Fairy? Far, okay. Far E Oak. Far E Oak. Um, we can reach. Carrie. So, Kari Oak. Kari Oak. Jerry. Jari. Jari. This is so fun. We're doing Anthony's work for him. As always. You're welcome. Well, we can go like fuck wild. We can go like starry oak, you know? Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. We can make any mm-hmm. starry. I mean, they're just all adjectives at this point. We could just do describing well, it, words. Yeah, it, but it still has to be like re uh, is yeah. the problem. And that kind of limits you a bit. But I digress. Uh, I wonder how many. Anyway. And now a word from the wolves of Oakvale. <laughs>
to you by Furbolgs for Prosperity. Thank you for that important information about staying away from Oakvale from your friendly neighborhood wolves. And now moving on to the conspiracy corner. Iron Will, a 1994 movie about a race set in 1917 from Winnipeg to St. Paul. Uh, Glenn chose this film as kind of his mind palace for where he would go when he was trying to resist the psionic attack. So here's the um, weird thing, right? Is that I think we all listen to some D&D podcasts. And one of the debates that the dads got into that they were like, we can't keep doing this. Oh, my God, stop. Was um, who are the sexiest DMs? And I feel mm-hmm. like um, maybe we could provide some insight to the people on like yeah. top 10 or just like top four, top five. Are, are there DMs? Yeah, so here's, I know the thing. here's full disclosure. I feel like we should go around and say how many D&D podcasts we actually listen to, including this one. Oh, no. Yeah. Just, just so we can like clarify that we are not the end all be all on knowing DMs. So I'll just start. Obviously, Dungeons and Daddies. And then sometimes the Adventure Zone graduation and the other ones, and uh, Rude Tales of Magic, and that's it. So that's, like, I guess I got the McElroys, so that's five DMs that I know. Next? <laughs> I mean, I think I only listened to, or have listened to three, uh, including Dungeons & Daddies. So yeah, it's Dungeons & Daddies, uh, Champions of the Earth, which technically isn't D&D, but it's a role-playing podcast. And uh, yeah, I've listened to, like, two episodes of Rude Tales of Magic. Great. That is it. Great. Next. Yeah, I've listened to Critical Role, like, I don't know, 20 mm. episodes of, of season two. Well, I guess I also know Matt Mercer. It's kind of hard to, like, not know Matt Mercer at this yeah. point. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. That's about it for me. I don't even listen yeah. to Dungeons and Daddies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy, do we know it. Yeah. A note on Rude Tales, too, is that two of the people who are on that podcast also DM'd their, like, holiday special. But for the sake of brevity, I feel like we can just keep it to Branson. Anyway, I digress yeah. again. Agnity, resident D&D. I'm going to surprise y'all and tell you that other than Dungeons and Daddies, I only listen to two other D&D podcasts. That okay. actually doesn't surprise me at all because we exist on the internet together. So I see exactly <laughs> what you talk about. <laughs> yeah. So my, I, I mean, my other one is uh, NADPOD, mm. not another D&D podcast. I mean, as brought up as the guy, he doesn't know who what looks like. Murph is a DM on that. His wife has DM'd a one shot and is about to pick up another campaign. And their life slash comedy partner, Caldwell, has also DM'd a side campaign for that. And then the other podcast I listen to that's D&D based is uh, called Flintlocks and Fireballs. And they only really have one guy DMing it. And it, I mean, it's like 100 episodes of four hours or more, but mm. just one guy. So, okay, so maybe not top 10. We'll have to do like top five. That that makes us perfect, though. This also makes it like top five white guys. <laughs> yeah, because it's all white guys. It's a terrible thing. <clears throat> yeah, well, we aren't familiar enough with like the wide range of podcast DMs out there. Right, yeah. and that's our fault. And also, I'm not going to do anything to change it. Which makes us absolutely perfect <laughs> to evaluate them as uh, sacks of sexy yes. meat. Exactly. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. I don't feel bad about objectifying men. Yeah, fuck I feel them. like for too long, literally, us women have been objectified. And this far no further, I will make a stand and objectify these men. White men. These white men. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, I feel like we deserve it. And this isn't to say that we're going to like DM them on Twitter and be like, you're sexy man, sexy big man. Like, no. <laughs> <laughs> Why, who the fuck is this? 
Who is DMing me? I will unironically do that to Anthony. Don't even. Wait, you're doing this to your stepdad? That's Don't even weird. start. But, um, well, Cheryl sometimes takes my phone. It's a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it's a nightmare. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, is this canon that you want to set up right now? <laughs> I don't. I really don't, actually. Um, so let's kind of hit it from the back, if we will. Caldwell is up uh, there. Uh, Caldwell Tanner, huh? Let's start off strong. Caldwell is up there. Caldwell's, he's got a jaw on him. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Branson, I, wouldn't pay, I don't, I was going to say Branson looks like a bug. And I don't think Branson listens to this podcast, but I felt bad about it immediately. <laughs> hey, you're <laughs> losing the spirit of objectification. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, <laughs> okay, Matt Mercer gives me the vibes of a Discord moderator who would call me kitten. Ooh. Um, so that's not good for me. Mm. So he ha- I'm willing to put him in the top five, but I cannot physically put him at top number one. That by default, a deal yeah. breaker. <laughs> yeah, it's the bracelets. I think the yeah. bracelets are a deal breaker for me. See, I mean, like I have watched one one shot that he did. He like DM'd a one shot with Stephen Colbert of all people for some charity, whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And he like nope. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, there yeah, it is. Fair Rudy enough. Is out. No, but... Fair enough. Matt Mercer is taking the number five slot. Yeah, the Mercer Snall in number five. Maybe we can all just go around and say which McElroy we find the most attractive. Um, because we can't put all three of them up there. Because that's uh, yeah, that's rude. I, I know those people. Yeah, I never, I've never listened to an episode of any McElroy anything. Okay, so we can just go ahead and witness my shame, and you're just going to put me on full blast by saying, I think Griffin is the most attractive McElroy, and we can just put him at number four and, like, don't question me about it and don't look them up and don't even worry about it. Sure. My question is, who is the one? Which one is he? Like, who do you think would do the dishes without being asked? (laughs) All of them. They all, like, chug respect women juice, which I love. Good for them. Yeah, it's beautiful, but, like, I, this is the, I feel so much shame right now. (laughs) You're losing the thread. I'm losing the thread. You're losing it. Can we put Griffin at four and then move on? And I want to stop talking who's about the, the DM in Taz graduation. Travis. Travis. Yeah. I, you know, Travis just puts so much care into world building that, like, you know, you know, he's going to do some needlepoint for you at some point. <laughs> I don't see that's true. And Justin has gotten into woodworking recently, which I appreciate. But let me just go on record and say Anthony did compare me once to Travis McElroy, which I, is a quote that I'm taking completely out of context and taking as a compliment. So good for you. Yeah. So the actual context was that it wasn't actually. The actual context was that one of the bits on our podcast reminded him of when Travis does a bit and everyone hates it. Um, but I am but the a, entire thing. Yeah, but I kind of blacked out after I saw like Nikki's bit reminded me of Travis, and then I blacked out. So as far as I know, that was a compliment. So we can put Griffin at four, and then move on, please. I'm begging you. Okay. Number three. Uh, Spit it out. Come on. Who do we got left? We got Caldwell and Murph. We got Caldwell and Murph. You guys only sent bad pictures of Murph. <laughs> um, so I really can't tell you anything about murph i have a soft spot for branson yeah you got him too he's weird looking i'm into it mr the the bug one right <laughs> yes the bug one <laughs> she's into bugs he, okay. he looks like a guy who could give really good long foot massages oh my god <laughs> I didn't know where you were going with that <laughs> the weirdest thing is that if you tweeted him and said you look like a guy who gives good <laughs> foot massages he'd be like thank you and that's what i appreciate about him accepting of all compliments exactly i mean 
It's a talent to take a compliment. Yeah, no, I mean, look at look at those fingers. I mean, so we can. I, I feel like we need just need to go like gut instinct. Well, <laughs> is he third or no? Or are we moving yeah. Griffin? I would, up? Okay, I would say he's a solid third. He's a solid. Third. The vibes that he is giving me personally is that he is a Weezer band member that we've never heard of. Oh, <laughs> I just realized we completely forgot about Brandon Lee Mulligan and D20. Oh, Brennan. See, Bre- Brennan, Brennan, I'm into. I think I think he's an attractive guy. I'd be willing to put him at second, but mm. we need to like put see who 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 he's up against. It's Brennan Lee Mulligan. Yes. Caldwell Tanner. Caldwell. Murph. Ooh. Your Branson boy. Well, Branson, we said third. I think he's a solid third. Okay. But we can like remove stuff if we as, if we see fit. What? Like this is an aesthetic object. No, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Brennan Lee Mulligan looks like an IT guy at my job. <laughs> see, the like, problem is that all of these guys kind of just look like IT guys at your job. Yeah, oh, that's, but that's what a DM looks like. <laughs> yeah, he looks just <laughs> like you know, like the sysad. Well, not even like the sysadmin, like the guy with people skills. So they have him go out and like grab people's laptops so that way they can like fix them and stuff. And yeah, you know, one of that at a tech firm in Northern Virginia. So it's not like super trendy. It's just you know, guys <laughs> making a living. It's just white guys, baby. White guys all the They're way down. Just white guys. It's eleven. That's why I think Branson also deserves his spot is because he doesn't look like every other white guy. Like he actively tries not to. Yeah. Like I look at these two pictures that Kelly sent us of Brennan and then Murph. And I say, that's the same man. Just twice. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, so maybe they... we can just put them together at two. Yeah. Combine them as one person because they look the Murphin? same. It could be Murphin. Okay, so number Murphin two or is Murph. Brenner. Wait, can I pitch you on making Branson two and then putting Brian and Murph as third? Brian and Brennan <laughs> second. Brenner third. Brenner. I had I had a bad time. Burf. 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 The third is the average. So every DM who looks like an IT guy yeah, goes in number three. He's more attracted than Matthew Mercer is the thing that we're about to say. <laughs> That's just it's a personal list. He looks like a guy that I, I mean. That that just breaks this computers. Is roasting DMs. Roasting DMs. Yeah, we we are all about making friends here at Talking Sons. Well, yeah, we do that segment on our other show, or formerly our other show, where we make friends with Talking Sons. But this is we make enemies with Talking Sons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck DMs. We never want to play D and D. Fuck yeah. DMs that we don't want to fuck. Yeah. So we're going to say that all <laughs> IT guys are more attractive than Matthew Mercer. That is what we're about to say. Just so I'm clear. So it's five Matthew Mercer. Yes. Four, yeah. Griffin McElroy, which I have to live with. Three, every Weezer IT guy. guy Brennerf. Or Branson. Brennerf. I, we, I believe we decided on. So every IT guy, aka Burf. Two, mm-hmm. Branson Reese. Okay. And then, do we have any left? There's Caldwell with his. There is Caldwell with his huge mouth. It's a giant jaw. That man is a ball of energy with a chin. That mm. is That is a chiseled jawline that you could open a package with. It's very distinct. If they're going to cast anyone for the Crimson Chin, it's going to be him. Yeah. I mean, he looks like a handsome Clark Kent. <laughs> That's, That's, a nice, That's a very nice thing you've just said. I mean, I think that about covers it. I think that about, I think we about got it. So let me just give you the run through again yeah. for everyone to flame us on Twitter. Here we go. Number five, Matthew Mercer. <laughs> Number four, Griffin McElroy, which again, I have to deal with. We can just say all McElroys. We can just we can just lump the McElroys together, I feel like, right? So let me try again from the top. We're doing a lot of lumping, so yeah, We're, sure. Yeah, whatever. Fuck it. Okay. Yeah. Five. <laughs> Matthew Mercer. Four. 
all the McElroys, which I have to deal with. <laughs> Three, every IT guy, a.k.a. Murph Burf. and Brandon Lee Mulligan. Number two, Branson Reese, I guess. For effort. And we left out Anthony because we wanted to let the other DMs compete for top spot, but we all know his big bulgy brain puts him in the number one spot forever. <sighs> Moving on to our fandom plug, where we talk about something we've been enjoying that's not Dungeons and Daddies. I'll go first. Look at this. 2020 really is my year. Um, <laughs> oh my. I have gotten back into Luigi's Mansion 3 mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. because I forgot about it when Animal Crossing came out, but I'm back at it. <laughs> um, I have just about beaten it. Uh, it's very fun, very good. I'm a big fan of a game that just tells me where to go and what to do because I'm a child and need to be told what to do. Uh, very fun. 10 out of 10, I guess. <laughs> Speaking of games for children, I've been playing Paper Mario and the Origami King, and it is... Is it good? I, I like it. I really liked the original Super Mario RPG, and I was kind of disappointed in the direction that they took Paper Mario for, like, the Wii and the GameCube, and yeah. this feels a lot more like kind of that original Paper Mario-ish vibe. I've been thinking about it, and I haven't got it yet. Yeah, so yeah. I also have been thinking about it, but people Same. on Twitter said it was good, so... Like, I have to say that I've put more time into it and enjoyed it more than, than Mario Odyssey, but that's just because I'm terrible at Mario Ooh. Odyssey. <laughs> no, that's fair, yeah. Mine this week is... I'm gonna just say that I've been watching a lot of uh, DuckTales. Oh yeah. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> oh man, Scrooge McDuck has superpowers. Like it's not acknowledged on the show, but like in the intro when he's like swimming through that solid gold coin bouillon, like do you know how powerful that would have to be to like swim through coins? He's tougher than the toughies and somethinger than the somethingies. Yeah. Right. Nice, good one. Yeah. Yeah. Launchpad McQuack is the coolest fucking name in the world, and I stand by that. Launchpad. Launchpad McQuack. Also, the voice talent that they pull for the show is freaking amazing. Like the moms, like Patrick Brewster and like, Paul F. Tompkins is a cousin. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a stack. Yeah, cast. they're getting like legit people. Yeah, shit. David Tennant is the fucking 10th Doctor and Scrooge McDuck. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Give that Good man show. every, just give him everything. Give him, yeah. take my wallet. Yeah. <laughs> Have you listened to him read uh, How to Train Your Dragon? David Tennant can read? <laughs> it's, it's, it, it's great because, yeah, I mean, he's really good at, like, doing all the voices and stuff. That's his bagpipes. <laughs> yeah. My plug for this week is a game I called out sick for last Friday. <laughs> Nice. Hopefully none of my coworkers listen to this podcast. Um, or thank you have COVID. <laughs> yeah. You all alone in your entire apartment building. <laughs> it was me all alone in my entire apartment building playing Ghost of Tsushima. Mm. Um, it's a game made by Sucker Punch Studios. They made Sly Cooper and the Infamous series before this. And you're a cool samurai dude in the 13th century, uh, avenging your samurai brethren as the Mongols invade your little island off the coast of japan and it's a lot of fun as you go on in the game it gets easier and easier because you it's not you don't feel like you're getting necessarily more like more powerful you're not like leveling up gaining experience getting you know stat boosts and shit you're just like learning abilities that make things easier for you and it'll break more able to handle the situations that you're given so 
yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun in a different sense than a lot of open world games are. Um, it is the most beautiful game I've ever played in my entire goddamn life. The art in this game is top fucking notch. So even if you get this game and you're like, I hate the story, you can get like... <laughs> just watch it as a slideshow. Yeah, you can just like... Make somebody else play it for take you. Take screenshots for days and you will have wallpapers for the next three years. Wow. This game is gorgeous. I love Twitter specifically because I like watching Matt and Will get into arguments that I just completely <laughs> do not understand. Um, they were arguing about the Kurosawa mode in Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, okay. And I was just like reading it and I'm like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, but I'm so intrigued. <laughs> I'm not Beth May, and she's not here to send us out. More theme music goes here. Badang, 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 badang. This podcast was created and produced by a sneaky group of volunteers. Talking Sons was mastered and edited by Ignity. Our theme music is Madness is Everywhere by Lobo Loco. Grab the next podcast in your app of choice or from Nikki.horse. Next episode should drop on August 10th. If you would like to pay for cult deprogramming sessions for our editor, consider becoming a Patreon supporter at patreon.com slash talking sons. We'd really appreciate it because Nikki's nonstop singing of the Nifty 50 States sent our editor off to join a cult to get some peace and quiet, and we really need her back. Did Daryl and Henry kiss in episode... fuck. 38? No.